Hi guys, welcome to the JNL podcast, and we're very excited today to introduce our second guest, Michael, our cousin. Uh, yeah, we've been as soon as we start this podcast, we knew uh, dating the diary for when we're gonna get Michael in. So yeah, very excited today. Um, yeah, Michael, want to introduce yourself? Yeah, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Michael Tabradi, high performance coach and mentor. I say this all the time because I'm so used to saying it, but I'm going to go with the spiel. So I help self-ambitious professional millennials increase their productivity, enhance their performance, realize their priorities and live their life on purpose. So that's a little bit about me. And yeah, I'm sure you'll dive into some questions as well. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we're going to pick your brain. So we just want to start off just finding out a little bit about what you're doing right now. Yeah, I'm going to start off. So I just wanted to know, like, just tell us about you know, your journey with the NHS, how it began, like where you are now and yeah, the highs and lows of it, I guess. Just, you think? Yeah. So, I mean, initially I thought I wanted to do be a doctor. I mean, I was known as Dr. Michael before I even started medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I guess that idea came into play because I did work experience initially as an architect. And after a week, I was just like, this isn't for me sort of thing. Um, and so I was like, what do I really want to do? And so it suggested medicine, but I didn't really entertain it at all. I was just like, mm, whatever, let me make the decision. And as time went on, I was like, okay, I'm good at science. I like working with people. I want money and I want prestige. And at the time that meant doing something like medicine or law. So I was like, yep, I'm down. And so yeah. I didn't quite make the grades at a level, but I got good grades, you know, um, and so it kind of left me in a sticky point where I needed to decide, you know, what sort of path I wanted to go down. And mm-hmm. so I got alternative offers um, from university um, to do medical biochemistry. So I took that. Now, I really enjoyed the course and there was an opportunity for me to work really hard in my first year and then convert to medicine. And even though I got one of the top marks in the year, I preferred to have fun and mm. really live my university yeah. experience <laughs> Hear that? Hear yeah. that. Rather, rather than worry about medicine. I just yeah. thought, nah, I just worry about medicine another time. Mm-hmm. So uni was a great time to connect. I mean, as you saw in a quiz last, last what, two days ago, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was about parties for me and yeah. setting up big parties and everything else. Mm. Um, but in the same instance, that ambition was there. And so, I decided to go down the GAMSAT route, which is basically graduate medicine. And essentially what that allowed me to do is accelerate that course. So do it in four years rather than five and also um, get a huge discount because I was seen as a a graduate mature student. Mm -hmm. But it took me years to even get an interview for medicine. I didn't even get an interview because it was so competitive. And it's not that my grades were bad, but they did it based on a, a, a binomial distribution. Mm-hmm. And so my sort of like score was always past midpoint, but wasn't enough to really secure an interview. And yeah. so after like the fifth sort of session or whatever it may be of trying for this exam, spending 350 pounds each time, oh my God. I was like, I know, out of my own pocket. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I'm Oof. not doing this. I'm not yeah. doing this anymore, especially at a young what, 22, 23, 24 year old. Yeah. And so whilst that was happening, I had already had a vision to boost my NHS experience knowledge in terms of being a manager and everything else, because 
Um, I started working in the NHS back in 2010, mm. just doing admin stuff. And I was like, okay, if I had the clinical experience and the managerial experience, that would make me a really competent person. Because I can see right now that they don't talk the lingo, they don't talk the language. Mm. And around that time, the NHS was moving towards something known as the reforms, where there was more power from a clinical standpoint, but they needed support from managers. Anyway, I'm really longing out this story. <laughs> nice, remember. good stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, what ended up happening was um, graduated from uni, wasn't too happy with what I got. I was like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I'm not even doing medicine right now. So mm -hmm. I went into admin within NHS within St. George's, did yeah. a year and a half of that, really made a name for myself. I was like, I'm going to connect with people. I'm gonna... yeah. I was always talking with people. And so yeah. one person I used to work with was like to me, um, how's work going? Can I swear on here? I'm not sure. If you I'm can right. swear yeah. profusely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's going to be shit. Yeah. yeah. And um, they're like, okay. Um, well, we've got some roles coming up. And um, if you're interested, be happy to apply. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me check it out. And so I was like a low grade band two, band three, but on agency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this role was a band five, which is roughly, I don't know, 30,000, whatever it is. Yeah. And um, I was 22 at the time. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me apply for this. Yeah. And so I got, a, I got an email and it said they changed the role from a band five to a band seven. So this is roughly like wow. 45K, you know? Yeah. And so in my head, I'm just like, I can't do this. This is like proper imposter syndrome. Sure. And, um, you know, I spoke to Stephanie about it at the time. And she was like, well, you've already started the application. What have you got to lose? You yeah. might continue. Typical Sagittarian talk, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you might as well continue, you know? Yeah. Sort of thing. And I got an interview. I was like, okay, cool. So prepped for it. I just made up some shit like yeah not even made up i made it sound bigger than it was mm. the mm. gift of the cap so got into the interview came out and they told me on the day that i scored the highest even though i was the youngest guy there amazing. and got the job amazing and so that set off my campaign and so long story short um did that role as an assistant project manager then went on to become a payments officer for nhs england then i became a contract officer then a commissioner then a senior commissioner yeah and obviously right now a senior implementation manager as well for nhs yeah so yeah that's that's my journey yeah really yeah really interesting and um yeah i definitely can uh, my my friend uh did the exact same thing as you went into to biomedical science to begin with with the view to one day change to medicine and in fact, I'm sure I hope you won't mind me saying this, applied every single year from the first year. And it's just an absolutely crazy experience. Like people, and I've seen m multiple friends actually do this, consider going to uh, like part, different parts of Europe to do it, um, mm. wherever, wherever. And uh, what he actually funnily enough did, I think after his fourth application, he was going to convert to computer science. And he did that mm. halfway through the year, he finally got in and he said, this is the last year I'm going to try. And, and now he's, he's moved up to Sunderland to do it. And Fantastic. yeah, he started. But, it, you know, it, it, it's not just a simple thing about want to do this thing, is it? It's, it's logistics sometimes, especially at our age, where you've got to weigh that stuff up with money. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, for, even in different fields. Yeah. The fact that you're yeah, paying sure. different applicators, it's just crazy. It's actually crazy. Like, you guys are, like, doctors are actually needed, yet 
you mm. have to spend so much of your own money and hard yeah. work getting getting there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even so, obviously, I didn't get in the first time round, you know, via the UCAS route. But then the other routes, of course, you have to spend money. And this exam was a six-hour exam, three different bits, nothing to do with medicine. So you can imagine, like, six yeah. hours each time. And you have to, it's not quantitative reasoning or anything like that, but you had to write two long essays in an hour, I believe. What? There was a two and a half hour um, science exam. So yeah. sort of like first year grade physics, chemistry and biology. And there was a, there was another one as well. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard the process and some of them, you there's little stools where you've got like role play things. And it's just, I think it's just there to try and break you. Of kind course. Of thing. And, of course. and um, yeah, no, it sounds crazy. But again, uh, yeah, I love your story about how you got to where you are now. I mean, I remember I was in a similar position to you. I just finished my degree and um, I eventually got into sales for a year. And I, that same thing where you apply for something and it's a number that's slightly higher than you thought you would ever get to until you were 30 or whatever. And you're like, that's not for me. That's for someone who's been in this for 10 years. That's been, you know, and, and, but yeah, I think Stephanie was, was, was right for Christian because <laughs> it's not just the, sometimes people say gift to the gab to say like, oh, I just said, no, but that's what you needed. Like you say, mm -hmm. you needed to be able to speak to people and network mm -hmm. that may have felt like not like you were using a skill that wasn't valuable, but it was, it was the skill, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah. So I that's, think they said, I think they say that 60, 67% of successful jobs are due to the fact that people network with other oh, people yeah. and get the opportunities that way. Whereas the other 33% is through applications. Mm. So it is who you know, I'm sorry. It's I, nepotism. I mean, uh, it, it is nepotism, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I clearly see it. And yeah. Have I been a product of that? Yeah, definitely to a degree. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, I didn't think I was until this, this year or last year, to be fair. Okay. I thought I was slightly outside of that, but what allowed me to be in that position is not only just speaking to people, but the value that I bring in the workplace mm -hmm. has been useful where other people speak about me to other people yeah. and they're like, oh, I want mm -hmm. that guy, you know? Yeah. So that's been useful. Yeah. People pick these things up. I think um, it, it, we, we as people don't even know what our, our skills are. We just land in a situation every time we end up at this point, doing these jobs or whatever, because people see that in us and they just push, oh, Michael, Michael should obviously do that. And you're thinking, why? But people will see that for you. And I think people just need to pay attention and believe in yourself. Louise yeah. will definitely start to notice this as she starts to consider her options as well. People are going to say, oh, no, Louise is really good at that. And she'll be like, oh, I didn't even know that was a known thing. Exactly. You know, and you've just got to keep it, keep your ear out. Amazing. Okay, so the next part we want to talk about, and I'm very interested in actually um, considering maybe even getting to, to myself to, to a degree, so I'd love to hear about this, is your journey into life coaching. Mm. Um, mm. Everything I want, to, I want to hear about, how it's going <laughs> for you right now and, and what got you into it. Because, yeah, I, I'd love to learn. So tell us. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so, I mean, what got me into it? Um, very good question. I guess it started off maybe at secondary school, actually where a lot of people were like, oh, Mike, you give good advice. And I just kind of used to laugh it off, you know. But then I kept on hearing it at Unique, you know, with people I never even met before. And so I started getting to, into a space of really exploring and understanding different thoughts because a lot of the thoughts I developed were my own. 
And it was my, I think it was my manager back in 2011, who was basically like, what book are you reading? And I said, I don't read. I think it's, I like, there's no point. They were like, what? A bright guy like you doesn't read. I was like, nope, don't do it. And they were like, I challenge you to read something. And so I was like, okay, let me play this game, you know, whatever. <laughs> and um, I was watching Will Smith's Words of Wisdom at the time, uh, some co- compilation that some guy put together. and was really inspired by the words and he mentioned the alchemist so when i read that book i've read it like five times now that confirmed and opened my mind to many different ideas and i was like if people think like this in the world imagine what other books i could read yeah and so i was just ferocious like avid reading like like yeah. it was crazy i was on a mission like to this day i've read over like 300 plus books hands down Mm. Um, both I say read but listened read you know a combination of the two yeah and um and so I was like okay cool this medicine thing's not working for me I need to make something else work because I want to make money let's be real I want I want (laughs) to make money (laughs) yeah understand and it's not for money's sake I chase I love the idea of freedom of course yeah I hate being told what to do I hate being imprisoned I hate all of that stuff Mm. So I need to create the opportunities to open sure. myself up. And so um, basically what happened was I started to explore different businesses and stuff. They kind of failed, went to one and it was a public speaking one. And a guy was like to me, you know, you can make money from your ideas. And I was like, I've heard this before, but the way he said it just touched differently, <laughs> different. And yeah. so I was like, I'm actually going to pursue this a bit more. So Mm -hmm. I started to look into coaching. Now, bearing in mind, from 2011 onwards, I had a Tumblr called Gusto80, Mm -hmm. where I used to write stuff around um, friendships, relationships, (laughs) spirituality. I just wrote about anything. And people enjoyed it a little bit. So I already was formulating my thinking. So I'm coming to a point here. It all kind of fits together. And so I went to a Les Brown event after that advice from that guy back in 2015, Mm -hmm. paid for a VIP ticket and um, loved that guy. He's my spiritual godfather. And um, he he was like, I asked him a question, didn't know what I was going to ask him. And he said to me, before you carry on, you've got an amazing speaking voice. And I thought, what? (laughs) Your public speaking (laughs) said to me that I have a great speaking voice. (laughs) <laughs> so literally that day I did a YouTube video to practice Amazing. my speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started to publish those things on Facebook. And then from there, I started getting people ask me about uh, doing speaking engagements. I got people asking me to help coach them. Mm. And it was a combination between life coaching and developing their personal brand. So that right. taught me, okay, so there's something about releasing uh, content out to people and educating, entertaining, or empowering them in some sort of way. And so I thought, okay, I need to understand how this model really works. And so I started to get more and more coaching clients, even though I had no formal qualifications. This was back in 2015, 2016. Okay. And so it was only back in 2019 where I paid, well, I didn't pay for it. My work did, paid for a formal coaching and mentoring qualification. Okay. Oh, your work? Amazing. <laughs> I'm well, uh, do you know what? It, it's amazing now, but it took me so long 
to get that because I was a commissioner. What the hell has that got to do with coaching? Yeah. But again, thinking creatively, I was like, no, you need coaching because you become a better communicator. You can sure. negotiate better. You can influence better. These are all skills that you need. And so they kind of bought it and they paid for it. It's like four grand. Yeah. And so this was like a nine, nine to 12 month course. That opened my mind even more. I mean, mm. I knew I was a, a decent coach before, but now what? The models, the contracting process, how it's all set up, all of that kind of stuff. And so I decided to take on 10 free clients because I was like, okay, I'm going to act like I've never coached before. Mm-hmm. So I put out a post on LinkedIn and I said, I'm doing this coach training. And if you're interested, this is what I'll be covering. Got loads of messages, had my 10 clients literally straight away. And up until March, I had a whole bank of testimonials and I basically had all of this experience. And so mm-hmm. what I did, I packaged that and put it into my content, my website and to other people. And that's how I started to sort of like attract clients. Okay. Last year was the best year for me in terms of like finances for, for my coaching stuff outside of work. Amazing. Despite the whole sort of like COVID-19 thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going okay now. I mean, I, I want it to ramp up a bit more. Um, and I say that because I don't want to just focus on the coaching aspect. I also want to be able to do courses, membership sites, all of that kind of stuff as well. But yeah. I'm trying to do it the right way, you know. Amazing. So for people who, whether it's life coaching, like I, I want to ask you more about that more specifically, but more generally, if people that have a side passion, a side business, whatever it might be, Mm-hmm. um what does that look like for you in terms of how you because obviously you've got a full-time job right so yeah. is that the weekends is that the evenings is it circumstantial on what you're doing with work how do you fit that in and how has that progressed uh over the years yeah I mean if you're clear about what you want to do um you'll do it whenever you have the time I mean yes yeah, it's, it's nice to say in the evenings weekends etc etc but I do it whenever I have the time it's that simple if we're talking about averages I mean I'll probably start at like six and finish 9.30, 10, sometimes 11. It just depends okay. what I'm doing. On a daily basis? Com- on a daily basis, without wow. fail. I mean, it's only recently now where I've kind of like slowed that down because screen fatigue is a real thing. Mm. Yeah. It's real. You know, I've I've definitely had burnout during this time. Yeah. Um, more so because of work and less because of what I was doing outside. Kind of experiment sure. between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is important for this is having an idea of what the path looks like Mm -hmm. so the sort of things i actually do is content creation content distribution and scheduling actual life coaching and preparation Mm -hmm. to educate myself you know Mm -hmm. so those are the and planning as well those are the main sort of like activities that i do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no really interesting because no as i said um so i I did the whole thing, like I was saying, I went into the big money job or whatever after uni um, and kind of chased that for a bit. And then much in the same way, um, a kind of combination of what you were saying with the medicine thing and also the um, what you're doing now with your passions. Uh, I realized my passion was was in psychology um, and the potential roots down there. But the the path forward is definitely as convoluted as uh, some of the stuff we were talking about with medicine and stuff like that. But I, I with with lockdown, I, I kind of went into it. Um, and long story short, I'm in that now. And I spoke to a life coach the other day. And obviously, I, I know quite a bit about life coaching from you, but I picked her brain because um, it was through a charity thing I was doing. 
and it just got me thinking like I need to find a way to have us to have a business that will complement what I want to do as a therapist one day but will also complement the fact that you know bring some money right now and like you say you're always learning but it's not a thing where you need to go through all these hoops if you're a good coach mm. that can be a basis and um and I definitely think it's something a lot of people should consider if you have this thing where uh, you feel like you're giving advice. I remember one time in, in sixth form, I had a friend uh, who he, uh, he, he loves sports, right? But he didn't really know what to want to do with uni and whatever else. And uh, we had a talk on at the school, somebody who was a sports broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's go to that and let's listen to it. The, the broadcaster ended up saying he went to university, did drama, blah, 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 his roots to getting there. And I said, look, you should go to university and you should do drama or something like this and then convert to uh, do you know look at this route and contact that guy and whatever else I've been I convinced him he went to university I don't speak to him that regularly now but I can see that he's he's obviously done very well for himself through that and he's obviously done the experience and just like you I, I can definitely see like again it's one of these things that you don't realize you have until you look back and think oh I find that role in this role so yeah I'd be definitely I'm I always keep up with the content and I'll be I'll be looking to see that. yeah how I can how I can shadow that a little bit because it's it's a very interesting I, thing to get into I mean yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, what I will say is that coaching as a thing is not just subscribed to life coaching, so to speak. I mean, once you have the training, you realize you can coach a broad amount of people. And so mm. the niche thing is just more about attracting the right sorts of people. I mean, I call myself a high performance coach because I realize that's the sort of thing that I emulate or attract, you know, in terms of problems. Um, but again, I mean, if we're looking at my library, if you ever wanted to learn more, this is the book. This is the book. Okay. Seriously, this Coach is the book that has it all. Yeah, because John Whitmore, you could call him the father of um of coaching. I'll just put it there. Yeah. Actually, no, let me do it properly because it's going to frustrate me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of like, obviously, you're studying psychology now. Um, when it comes to, I think it's humanistic theory, so to speak. Um, you've got the likes of Abraham and Carl Rogers. And so a lot of therapy slash coaching really stems from that practice there. Mm. And so understanding that coaching falls down to three main things. Number one, it's about improving the self-awareness of the individual. Number two, it's about getting them to see real choices that they have, whether they agree with them or not. But number three is giving them the impetus to be enabled and empowered to take action by themselves. And you do that through deep and effective um, sort of like listening, or should I say deep and active listening. You do that through powerful and effective questioning and also managing your supervision, which is basically emotional intelligence. Yeah, no, really interesting. I actually, um, I just thought through speaking about this, I just thought of something. So uh, I said that I spoke to his life coach through a, um, a talk hosted by my charity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had meet. We had a meeting this week, and I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> guess how much somebody they had. So we're talking about public speaking, a life coaching advice. How much that can be? How lucrative that can be? Guess how much somebody can charge for 15 minutes? I wouldn't be surprised if it was one to ten grand easily. One grand, yeah. yeah. Just somebody in the mental health field. Guess yeah. one thousand. Some... Fifteen yeah. minutes words. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Definitely. Somebody else uh, they had is a TV presenter, lesser known TV presenter, five grand for the hour. Yeah. So I, things can scale if you invest in, in things that like you're talking about, like books. And speaking of books, Louise had some questions 
Uh, <laughs> like the segue. <laughs> well, we can sample some of, uh, yeah, some knowledge. Michael, 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 you are an author. I actually yes. got excited saying that. <laughs> You're an You've written four books. Mm -hmm. Please tell us about, tell us about the, it must be so weird writing a whole ass book, like public edit. Oh, it just sounds like a, the longest process, but you've written four, so. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I just want to prove I could do it. <laughs> I'm not joking. Seriously, it was yeah. that simple. I mean, yeah, I always had a book in me. You've both yeah. got a book in you. It's just, okay, what's the process? So mm -hmm. I went to an event one time um, by a guy called Jerry Roberts. It was free. He showed us the whole process, but you know, they tried to accelerate this stuff. Sure. And he said one line which convinced me. He was like, you can do this by yourself, but we can help you do it. And he was charging like, 30 grand something stupid i know for a book like no come on but he was doing this whole media package and everything else and i thought i'm gonna do this myself <laughs> yeah so basically i picked up the knowledge he had i checked out some short courses online and i was like i'm gonna do this so it was the 25th of january 2016 and i was like it's gonna take me a month two months maybe that'll be that it didn't take me that it took me, <laughs> I think I finished early December and I had problems in the way. I mean, my laptop broke down three months uh, uh, into it. I ended up using my phone. So I ended up using Google Docs. First time I've ever seen Google Docs move slow. I got <laughs> repetitive strain injury in my right hand. Went to the doctor, they said, don't use it. I started using my left hand. And the, the sort of like game plan was number one do not read back your work it's going to be shit simple it's just going to be crap i'm so bad i actually can't read my i can't even read my own work <laughs> no, you can't you can't you, it's going to be crap um number two have a focus for each day so i made sure that i wrote anywhere between 100 to 1500 words a day and I kind of calculated what my average was. So I kind of knew how long it would take me to finish. Number three, make sure there's some sort of structure. So that structure was very much dependent upon um, the way it was done was I had 10 different questions. Yeah, that my, prob my audience would ask. Then I would answer those questions and then I'd break up those questions into three bits. So say, for example, the question could be, how do you start a business? Okay. And so the first problem question is, okay, how do I know what my audience wants? Then you could break that up into, okay, where do I find that information? Um, how do I store that information? And how do I survey my audience as an example? Mm -hmm. And then all I did, because it was nonfiction, was answer those questions. So it was just, I worked out, I had 400 questions to answer roughly right so, so like essays almost like an amalgamation yeah. of, of, of essays yeah yes yes it yeah. was just mini essays that i was writing and so it was just a countdown really so from one essay to four i think it was actually 300 from one to 300 that's what it ended up being um yeah. and so yeah. once all of that was done <laughs> <laughs> um basically um <laughs> what I what my next problem was okay cool 
I need to read through it. I need to get someone to check it. So I got my lawyer friend who used to be an editor to check it out. Um, and then I, I made the book cover myself. And so rather than, say that again? Did you actually edit, like, you didn't even get like a, a proper, like ed you literally edited it yourself. That's insane. Yeah. It, it's not, you yeah. know, it's not, it's not. That, I don't want you to think it's difficult. It's, it's difficult because the process is long. Yeah. But when you understand the process, it's not too bad. And so yeah. I just used Photoshop for that. And um, yeah, once I got that into play, I just wanted it on Amazon. Now, I could have done it independently with another book company, but I just thought, let me just get it on Amazon for now. Mm -hmm. And so they do print on demand. That's how it works. And that's pretty much how I did my book. Um, I don't know what else to say other than in terms of what you use to put the book together, you can use Word or Google Docs, but you may need to use a, um, a program like Scrivener as an example. I know Amazon has a, a new software. I think it's a plugin that you can use to actually <laughs> set again. As of course they do. Jessica, <laughs> so everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are the options out there. Um, but once I did it, I was like, there was a newfound respect it was crazy. I mean, the novelty yeah. wears off. Um, and I was just happy that I did it. But when mm -hmm. I started to tell people I was an author, like intentionally, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Well, if you, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's pretty much the process. Yeah, amazing. So Louise, when's your book out? There you go, you got all the instructions now, no excuse. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 maybe later. Later. I'm 20 years old, okay? Ah, well, um, time, time. You know what I was thinking about this whole time, like, you have a whole life, like, this is so random, but you, like, literally have a fiancé now, like, how do you even have time to have a personal life? <laughs> I mean, there is time, I mean, I guess I have a very, very understanding fiancé, and she's also working on her own stuff as well, and so, when she's busy, I'm busy, when I'm busy, she's busy, and mm. when we're not busy, then we, you know, hang out or do whatever we need to do. Um, so it works. And I think the reason it works is because I don't have a stereotypical, traditional sort of like 1950s woman. Mm. That just our characters wouldn't work for that. You know, sure. she's very open minded. She's quite relaxed, but she's not stupid at the same time as well. So it works. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It works. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's how it works, Louise finding someone right but I mean it wasn't like that's my partner I you know <laughs> it happened. yeah you know it happened so yeah I think I, I, advice that I think a lot of people won't get until they're in it is you've got to have someone to contend with it's not like you say you don't just want some people say it more in the form of I want them to disagree with me but I don't know why but it's not necessarily <laughs> arbitrarily disagreeing with you it's that you want someone that's yeah that's gonna like add something to your experience you don't want somebody that's just gonna sort of like not be up their real selves and whatever else so yeah. um otherwise it's going to come out the wrong way later you know exactly. But, exactly exactly so yeah that's amazing we're very excited for the wedding by the way so excited. <laughs> I just randomly think I'm like what are my plans so, like I'm like oh I've got Alex and Shardy's wedding <laughs> yeah yeah yep. yep. I mean it's it's definitely been wedding season within those 12 months man but um yeah yeah I look forward to it I look forward to yeah. it yeah and it's it's good to have so things like that. Uh, obviously, with the year's been tough, not mm. only mentally, but just not having that thing to look forward to. And I think just having 
the almost the best occasion for bringing people together and celebrating something and having a couple of those in a row will be an amass- amazing uplift for the next couple of years. So definitely exactly. excited for that. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. So speaking about the future, <laughs> look at all these segues. <laughs> I don't know planned. <laughs> we want to know, uh, yeah, what is next? What are your aspirations? This can be in a 30-year plan. This can be next year. I just want to know what's next What's next? because I'm excited. I want people on this to follow you. Um, and if we can get involved in any way, you know, I'd love to be part of it. So, yeah, tell us what's next. Yeah, so from a personal standpoint, obviously, there's the wedding. There's a new house as well. That's definitely mm-hmm. in the horizons. Okay. Uh, from a career aspect, I mean, I'm definitely looking more down the independent route. You know, mm-hmm. I've built up about 11 years worth of experience within the NHS, which is a long time. Um but I definitely have the skills to do it on my own. So contracting is an option now. Definitely okay. more money there. It's lucrative, but stability-wise is questionable. Yeah. So just, you know. Um, so what, but, when you say contracting, uh, so obviously you work in the, the digital side and the management side of the NHS. What, what would that look like in terms of contracting? So would that just be business advice in general? or It could be, it could be anything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could literally act as an employee within the NHS, mm-hmm. but be a contractor and do things okay. around strategy and ops, change management, project management, et cetera, et cetera. Or I could be like, you know what? I'm going down my own route mm-hmm. and you know, focusing on organizational development, culture, leadership, et cetera, et cetera. Now that's more my preference, but I have to really understand that experientially, the market sees me as valuable in this space. Mm-hmm. So it would probably be a slow transition. Or it could be a fast sure. one, I could be lucky, you never know. Um, so that's that's been explored mm-hmm. from a business standpoint um really obviously yeah make more money <laughs> but it's not just about money for me i mean yeah i really want to connect with and impact people's lives and mm. so the ways i want to do that is i am actually starting a network where people can come in for free but there'll be different tiered levels where they can pay me on a monthly basis to get exclusive content around leadership development personal uh, development um money management whatever it may be it's going to be multiple different things so you know generating income more from there courses is is another big thing definitely going to be creating more courses i mean the three i have in mind is how to be an effective coach Mm -hmm. another one is the fundamentals of leadership and another one is um personal development 101 we're calling it let's just say for an example so those are three sort of like pillar courses i'll be doing and bridging stuff out of that and the last thing is setting up a consultancy, you know. Thinking that I was, I was, I feel like I, I thought you were getting to that, but I wasn't like I was like, yeah. Hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever come across uh, Mastery before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So Mastery Group Limited is the sort of like vision, um, mm-hmm. all encompassing things very corporate, professional etc etc so I've already started building the assets for that um, and I've been speaking to a lot of people Um, but it takes time because it usually is down to what you've done before in your past place and having the right networks Mm -hmm. so again I don't know how long that's going to take but I'm building the assets for that as well Mm. Um, so those are the main things Um, and so hopefully that will make me a billionaire yeah, so I mean, so if that, I give you a blank that, check, that, uh, oh, sorry, no, no, hey, billionaire. I mean, look, now if I if I get to a point where I am comfortable, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I think I worked out that that's roughly, <laughs> I think it was something like 25,000 pounds a month for net. Net. Okay. Yeah. I know that's like, whoa. And, and, and some, some people may be like, that's a lot of money. But I mean, I've been taught by people who make that easily because of the way they've set themselves up and because yeah. of how they've marketed themselves. So, yeah, if I know I can make that at some point, that's great. Mm. But then the rest of it just becomes a game. It just becomes yeah. a game. It's not like an aim. It's more of something to do, something to aim towards. Yeah. And I invest it into helping more people because I think in the future, I would love to set up some sort of um, so, sort of like social enterprise or charitable sort yeah. of organization that creates yeah. impact in some sort of way. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think at that level of money, people look at the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk's of the world. It's not about personal finances, it's capital. And yeah. then what you can do with that capital. It's, it's yours personally, it's not through a business, but then it, it just gets redistributed. Exactly. And I see that as exciting. I see that as exciting for, for the wider masses. People always think of it as an individual thing. Uh, but the first thing you just said there was, what can you do uh, socially or and things exactly. like that? So and if I are- give you a blank... So I keep well. cutting you off, Louise. <laughs> keep cutting you off. Go. <laughs> Talk talking stick. There. Yeah. Oh yeah, talking stick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> like uh, you, you. I feel like you know people. Like you can. I feel like you could see a valuable person from a mile away. So I feel like mm-hmm. yeah, you'd be very good good in, in finding that one person that could create you and them like way more money as well. Mm. I, 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 I really, really hope that is the case. You know, I mean. It's interesting to see because a lot of people around me are starting to pop off, you know, mm. they're, they're getting noticed way more in the media or they're making more money in a certain space. So I know it's going to be a matter of time. I just know for my industry, it is harder because mm. let's say, for example, if I was focusing on health or money, every, everybody needs that. Yeah. Whereas with personal development, yeah, you know, you need it, but unless you have like a mental health angle, even then it's hard to really make money from that. Mm. And yeah. so people are banking more on me as a person, as opposed to the, the niche or industry that I'm looking into. So that, that's something to remember, at least for yourself, Jeremy, you know, yeah. uh, the personal brand is very, very important. And that's why yeah. I take a lot of the approaches that I take. Yeah, definitely. Now I was just going to ask, so if I gave you a blank check, uh, obviously you've got, you've got the house and the, and the, um, the wedding thing called financially. And those are, some of your biggest considerations in the next few years, but in, as an investor um, towards one of these current projects or future aspirations, let's say 10 grand, 50 grand, whatever, whatever, you know, like a, a sizable amount of money, uh, what, where would that go straight away? If, if you had a quick ticket to speed one of these things up, what would your priority kind of be? And for, who knows, for, my, for myself. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, where would my priority lie? Um, Warren Buffett's in front of you right now, ready to invest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so ask the question again. Is this money so, that I would spend for myself or for other things? No, so so I'm saying bear in mind, obviously, I know that when you're thinking of that kind of money, you'd probably be thinking about personal finance. But that aside, if you yeah. had somebody, an investor, who was willing to invest in you because he recognizes your oh, personal brand okay. and everything else, yeah. what is yeah. it that you're thinking, okay, okay, I was I did have this plan for this thing that what yeah. that, may or may not happen with the money i can get this started now you know wh- where, where would you inject that in easy marketing straight away 100 mm-hmm. percent. like i can see the value in it 
I mean, to be honest with you, um, I used to run a lot of Facebook ads, mm-hmm. but really and truly, and this is um, based on courses I've been on and stuff, they say you need two to three grand a month to effectively market on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that a month to spend on marketing. So I would mm. do that straight away because I know I'd get clients. Even with what I did before, I was getting clients, but the quality of those clients was slightly different. Yeah. You know, so that's what I do hands down. And then um, once I was able to prove concept, I would reinvest that money into more marketing, but also I would slowly start to build a team. So it would mm-hmm. start off with a um, a VA, a virtual assistant. And then once I had that person, um, they may have a PM role of sorts, whatever. I'll get someone to do my media and graphics and everything else. Then I'll get someone to do other parts of the business. Um, right, so automating. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. So mark- marketing, recruitment, and then automation. Okay, Louise, so you've got an internship role. <laughs> ready for you. <laughs> This summer or next? Let me know. I mean, I'll do it for free. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I was mean, thinking if I, you know, if I was a trainee life coach, um, I would, I would happily intern for you. Let's say I had a summer this summer or whatever yeah. it was, and I had done a qualification. I've got mental health qualifications as well. Mm-hmm. I so I obviously I presume that you're you're the only coach within your brand at the moment, um, and it's your business from you, or is that? Well, this is the thing. So I do have people helping me out, volunteers. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's Stephanie, my sister, and two friends. Mm-hmm. And we meet every two weeks or so. And mm-hmm. they have stuff they need to do. Um, and obviously, I have stuff I need to do. And that started pretty much last year. But it has been very, very helpful. I mean, Amazing, yeah. but in terms of like, the idea is that once I get into a point where I'm in demand, yeah, then. I want to just shift that onto other other people. I don't want mm-hmm. to be coaching those individuals and I'd give them a commission and I'd get mm-hmm. the other part. Um, so yeah, if, if you became a life coach as an example, you know, mm-hmm. there'd be an opportunity there for you to do that as well. Bearing in mind that I'd have to be in demand, et cetera, et cetera. I sure. mean, and I've got the software for that as well. And even to add to that, sorry, the aim is to not life coach willy nilly. Yeah, like there needs to be they need to go through the value ladder, mm. you know, okay. check out my free stuff, check out my book if you want to mm. get my course. If you're really serious, then we can sit down one to one. But I'm not at that stage yet. So I just right. obviously I need to be humble. I know what the vision looks like. I just need to sort of build that up. Yeah. A, yeah. Very, very interesting. I think all the little different parts of what goes into this, uh, if you break it down, it's that's the way people need to approach it and it's very interesting to hear and i'm sure a lot of people listen to this will just be like oh yeah i could do that or i could do that Mm. and then Mm. but it's a process and uh yeah it's a very interesting process for sure (laughs) yeah this has been a a growth episode i feel like we have learned as much as any viewer will (laughs) especially with all the um the stuff you were saying about uni and the different directions you were taking i just feel like every a lot of people my age just go in thinking like it has to be linear I have to do this like this is where I need to go but yeah I feel like a lot of people don't realize that life just takes you where it wants to take you like yeah I mean expectations I mean there is a level of expectation and there is a level of you know intention you know I, I, I'll always say that but I've said this all the time life is one big fat experiment and you're yeah. the scientist you have a hypothesis 
and you test it. And once you get to your conclusion, you just create another one. I mean, yeah. I remember, I think at the age of 25, 24, 25, I interviewed four directors in the NHS and I asked them, did you have a plan for where you're at now? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, <laughs> not at all, actually. Yeah. I was like, okay, so what has worked for you? And they said, number one, having a really strong network that you can depend on. Number two, taking opportunities and not being afraid to. But number three, being in a position where you show inquisition and you're not afraid to ask for forgiveness later. In other words, if you see a problem, fix it, even if it isn't deemed the right thing to do. What is right after all, you know? Um, So yeah, I used to have that same problem, Louise. I thought that you have to follow a plan and that's all rubbish, man. Stay in the moment, have some sort of like high level end goal. Yeah. Know your values and that drives you. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of becomes intuitive that way afterwards, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the director of the biggest tire company in the world, multi-million, billion, whatever he is, I'm sure he didn't grow up thinking, I want to be involved in tires. Because, yeah. because that's not how the world works. The market, you exploit the market with what you've got, not mm. you don't decide how it's going to be. Because you, you're also projecting that way in 20 years. And especially with coronavirus right now, God knows what, mm-hmm. yeah. what jobs are going to be the high paying jobs, what markets are going to be the the kind of more volatile ones in the next five, 10 years or whatever. Um, obviously, Louise, you want to go more into government and <laughs> hopefully we're I'm always going to have a government. You're in that field. That's not yeah. going away. <laughs> yeah. But no, definitely. I think being flexible and again, it's another thing I was speaking to with that life coach, which is so interesting is that, you know, I asked about how she got where she was getting and she kind of said, and this applies to many careers. It wasn't, kind of like we were speaking about medicine I want to be a doctor I want to be a lawyer I want to be this it was what do I like to do like you were saying with your process I like to help people okay how many years do I want to spend in education what's this is this is this and then what result do I get at the end of that or what mm-hmm. opportunities come up by pursuing those individual things rather than saying these are the steps I need to get to to get to this angle mm-hmm. um, and I think that's such an important thing to to consider for sure 100% man 100% um yeah so Anyway, that's, that's, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, we really love the interview. And um, yeah, obviously, when we post this, we'll put your links to your books and, and, and websites. And if anyone, obviously, there's a lot there to be interested in. So if you want to follow Michael, all the socials will be there as well. But yeah, thank you very much for, for this interview. Thank, I, I'm glad we got you because I was like, Michael's going to be hard to actually sit down for. <laughs> they can, they can test, um, testament you. You're, you're so busy all the time so yeah I demand. yeah yeah no I thought I thought why not just get it done uh, especially yeah. during this time but just before I go just so people can hear me say where they can find me and stuff um you can check out my website michaeltaberardi.com um I've actually got two free events you can check out so how to reduce procrastination and maintain and sustain high performance and the, the other one is how to become a magnetic expert that is recognized as well. Um, and also, if you're interested in coaching, you can have an initial consultation. So you can click the link in my Instagram bio or go to my website for that as well. Amazing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, have a good week and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon when all this madness is over. And yeah, thank you very much for the interview. Most definitely. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>